Daggum. How's it going, everybody? And welcome back to the Well Daggum Podcast, where by the end of the show, we hope to have you saying, Well Daggum, I learned something today. I want to say a big thank you to everybody out there that tunes in through the social media platforms, through Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Make sure to get out there and follow us and like us if you've not already. Uh, Comment on our posts, uh, message us if you have something to say, or uh, even if you have a story to tell on the show, get up with us. We'd love to have you on. Um, If you're out there listening on iTunes, uh, be sure to go out there, rate and review so that uh, it gets out there to more people and they can be blessed in their ear holes with the smooth-sounding goodness of the well daggum world. Other than that, that's another phrase I say too much. i got to stop saying that so much. I uh, catch myself and I, it aggravates me. But today in the studio via the interwebs, we have a brand new guest and a longtime friend, uh, Dexter Chapman. How's it going, Dexter? What's up, man? How you doing? It's good to be on, finally. <laughs> finally. We've, we've tried to do this quite a few times before, uh, and yeah. today the, the stars have aligned, the full moon is getting ready to glow, and uh, things just fell right together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What better time than now? Yeah, it's been on me. I've been, you know, I've got two uh, young kids and uh, a wife, and just been trying to either get them out of the house or stay up late enough to get on with you so yeah glad to be here man sure enough man sure enough now i know a lot of you hear the voice on here and you're assuming that i'm talking across seas uh but dexter is actually uh, a native of the area now uh uh, he originated well we can get into that a little bit more why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are dexter uh and how we got you on the show sure sure so well um yeah, man, I, what is it, 13 years now, 13 years, so I'm from England originally, Oxford, England, um, and uh, came over here, yeah, 13 years ago on a, on a basketball scholarship, of all things. I thought you were so, getting ready to say in a basket there for a second, I was like, whoa, wait, <laughs> like Moses got biblical uh, there for a minute. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, basketball scholarship, so, um, you know, no, no cricket or anything like that, you know, played an American sport and thought had the opportunity to come over here yeah. and, um, you know, uh, did well in the UK, played for the um, one of the best teams in the nation, Redham Rockets, and then um, got signed up for the England under-18s. And, and right after I got signed up, had an opportunity to come here instead and took it. And um, so I came over here, played a, yes, it was a strange setup, really, Pro- probably completely illegal now that i think about it in, in hindsight yeah so but, uh, so i want you to yeah. cut this out of the podcast if you can <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'll leave names out so yeah came here for a year of high school um and then with the with the promise of sort of signing on to a college after and, and staying with the agency i was with right. and yeah got you know got hurt and um you know now now that i'm a little bit older and you know i can swallow my pride a little bit i would say that you know, probably realized I wasn't good enough to, to go as far as I wanted to go anyway, right? right? I mean, you come play here, and, you know, there's some yeah. unbelievable players. Seven-footers right? and all that good stuff. Yeah. You're like, okay, uh, never mind. <laughs> right, and I, and I played because I loved basketball yeah. and enjoyed it, right? There were some kids that I played for, I mean, in, in, in a city, inner city Columbus, that they were playing because they wanted to get their family out of the neighborhood they were playing in. I mean, right. you, can't, you can't compete with that. Right, yeah, the, the passion. <laughs> There, there's a different yeah. kind of passion of like, yeah, I really like to do this compared to right. this is going to yeah. save my family. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, an injury, uh, a freak car accident, actually, um, middle of season, I kind of, um, you know, I found it, found it hard to get back into it. Typical story. Um, 
stuck around and uh, planned on going back the next year. And that's when I ran into uh, yeah, Little Miss Kentucky. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Rachel, my wife. Yeah. Uh, and that's how we met, right? Yeah, yeah. It was through that that we met. Uh, Rachel and I are basically distant cousins. Uh, there's some yeah. relation a long way down the line, maybe fourth, yeah. fifth cousins of some sort, maybe. Uh not really enough to say a cousin, but in Eastern Kentucky, we just go ahead and call each other cousins. Right, right. You don't even question it. You don't even ask. <laughs> right. How, yeah, right. No, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I knew I knew you were a cousin because you were, you were a male and you were terrified of her. Which meant that, you, that you were one of the cousins that knew what she was like as a, as a child. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. She was a bit intimidating as far as... Yeah. Uh, Worried about getting socked in the face and such. <laughs> so, I, so I probably met you at the f- uh, one of the family reunions, right? I do believe so. Uh, up there on, uh, it probably wasn't on the farm at that point in time, because um, yeah, I, I think they weren't sent, generally doing it there. But yeah, the the big uh, September meeting, as they call yeah. it. So yeah, no, that's the only place that I've ever done it at. It oh, okay. There. Yeah. So, um, man, was that that was a freaking culture shock for me what, uh, what did you guys think when it when it this because i'm pretty sure i wore like dress clothes the first time i showed up yeah um well it's it's really uh old school uh churchy kind of stuff so that's what people are assuming you know go in with a suit and tie uh but being in september you can have some roasters of a day and so if you're not in the church service it was like okay shorts cut off shirt <laughs> yeah yeah keep keep Dung- yourself relaxed some guys are wearing um what do you guys call them? i call them dungarees you guys call them overalls bibbed overalls yeah and i remember there was that one cousin red hair big guy um you know who i'm talking about kind of like a, a mullet and a mohawk at the same time <laughs> are you talking yeah, about the one who had the the cut off overalls yeah <laughs> gun showing yeah <laughs> and then there's me looking like james bond right next to him like way way out of place yeah you might be talking about booger i do believe jason jason yeah his, his, yeah. Nick, his nickname's booger yeah so yeah everybody knows him as booger jude but yeah jason that's he, yeah, he gave me a funny look <laughs> I think that's just his look. He wasn't trying to give a funny look. Yeah, it's yeah, it's right, just his yeah. look. <laughs> I remember Zach, Zach was sort of infatuated with like the fact that I used to do some martial arts and stuff when I was young. And he was like, you reckon you could take him? I was like, I was like yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to, but yeah, I, I probably could. <laughs> He's a big boy. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Yeah, um, that, that it, was... It's a shocking place for sure. Yeah. I know um, my brother and I, we would, he would be designated to usually roast the hog. And so I would, I would uh, try to stay up with him and help roast the hog through the night uh, so that in the daytime around lunch the next day, everybody can enjoy eating some roasted hog. So yeah, it was a, it's a fun little spot up there. And then of course you've got three or four other households gathering in other community parts doing the same stuff. So, I mean, I would yeah. guess a few thousand people, possibly. I don't know. Yeah, a lot of people show up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, especially up on the hill. Um, yeah, no. For me, for me, that was um, not only just a culture shock from like you know having to, you know, I showed up and was hearing a banjo. I mean, right. like you can't make that up, <laughs> right? I mean, I showed up and was like, "There's actually a banjo playing. This is great." <laughs> and you know, at first it was a little bit comical, but like I, I quickly 
like really appreciated it. Like yeah. I, I fell in love with that culture. Right. And I love I love Kentucky West Virginia people. Yeah. Like like that I I will defend like those people. Yeah. But for the for you know, till my dying days. Because <laughs> because they're so resourceful and honest and you know, sometimes you meet folks who I don't wanna say you know, I wanna say I sometimes I think like the, the term like uneducated comes up. I, I don't think that's what it is. I think like the simplistic nature of people out there yeah. and like the resourcefulness yeah. and simplicity of like this is what I need in my life. Right. No more, no less. I, I absolutely love that. Yeah. And like I think as I I think as I age, like that's where I'm I'm starting to become more like that. Right. I'm starting to think I don't really need this. It'd right. be nice it'd be nice. Yeah, it it is a simplistic thing, and, and growing up in the country like that, I, I know what you're saying. It's it's nice to know you don't need the biggest and the best. Of course, it, that still rubs off in the same way of you know the redneck style. You want a big truck. You you right, want a, right. yeah. the biggest baddest ATV you can have. Um, but but as you're talking about that, it makes me think of uh, cousin Jared who married cousin, yeah, yeah. cousin I Lakin. Him. I was um, thinking him right off him, yeah. Yeah, so when you're saying live off the land and figure out stuff and just, you know, the kid is so intelligent. It's so amazing exactly. to see somebody of his age that right. he's built cabins, he's restored right. old cabins into new cabins. Uh, what hickory was chair he just built. Yeah, yeah stripping yeah. hickory bark so that he could make woven basket-style wood to sit on for a chair, for a rocking chair. Right. <laughs> Go check him out at Flutie Lick Home Place on YouTube. He puts up YouTube videos. I believe it's Flutie Lick Home Place. I'll try to tag it into the stuff. Yeah, that's it. yeah. But yeah, yeah, definitely check him out. He's pretty... In- I, I should get him on the show, too. I need to get up yeah, with Jerry. Yeah, Wait. Yeah, I, I actually watch all of his videos. I mean, that's Rachel's cousin's husband. And, right. Um, you know, like... I mean, you, uh, you probably couldn't find more opposite people as far as like me from oxford england and, and like him you know like coming from where he, from eastern kentucky yeah. and being able to do those things but like that's the <laughs> thing is like, i i love working with my hands and i see i see the cabin and i see like the things that he builds and um i'm just like yeah man like because you know if if shite really hits the fan yeah. right one day those well, are the people that are going to be you know i don't say laughing but yeah, that, you know, and, and I told Rachel, like, I, I you know, I, I said to her, like, if, if it really got bad, like, we're disappearing into the hills. Yeah. You know, I'm not staying in Columbus. <laughs> we're, we're heading to Flutie Lick and we're hanging out with you. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. I, got, I mean, I've got some plans, you know, out there in, in the West Virginia area. We've got a little um, spot of land that um, Rachel's family has. So, I, yeah. I, you know, I, you know, I do think like that. I mean, it's, it's funny. My family thinks it's funny to see how I've changed so much, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm in the, I'm like going through a midlife crisis at the age of the ripe old age of 30. Like I'm, I'm at that point now where I'm starting to, you know, I have kids and my wife and I'm starting to think that's not really important anymore. Like, yeah. You know, time with a family and, and, um, you know, create memories and right. those kind of things. Yeah. You know, that's, so. that's something we've tried to lean towards more, uh, here re- recently. I know the wife talks about it a lot is, uh, instead of getting gifts for the kids, because yeah. I mean, everybody's always given a, a dumb little toy here and there. Some of them's memorable. Some of the times the kids will keep right. it with it forever, but really, uh, memories are the big thing. Yeah. 
That that's Absolutely. what. Yeah, you need to take them on trips. You need to go to the creation or not the creation, a children's museum. You need to go to just things, sites to see, go places, be a part of the environment around you. Which you know during COVID, it's kind of hard to plan more right. stuff like that. But there's still things you can do at home. They're just as impactful. Um, building a treehouse out back, or you know taking a hike through the woods and just these little things, doing things like that. Um, very crucial, uh, very detrimental to uh, a child's growth, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, we just, um, we just, uh, just to take a little detour here, we actually just sold our house. So I, my wife and I renovate and right. uh, do all the work ourselves. So that's yeah. the other reason why I like watching Jared's stuff. So I, I, <laughs> I do modern renovations. Um, we've done that to two houses we sold in the hopes of paying off some of my wife's student loans, the direct <laughs> student loans that most Americans know about. Yeah. Um, we've, we've, um, we've been, uh, you know, kind of, I've been kind of reading into sort of, uh, you know, debt snowball effect techniques and stuff like that. And, yeah. I think we're on the same path. Yeah. 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 And, uh, yeah. So we just sold the house and, and, um, we started renting an apartment and, uh, you know, and we we're probably going to save a decent amount of money each month. Not right. not just renovating, but taking care of some debt. And you know, we're just at that point now where we're, we're right there with you, like starting to think about memories we can create. Of course, like for me, my family is all still in in England, right? Um, which I just had to go recently. I, I can talk about that in a minute because that was an absolute nightmare trip during this COVID stuff. But <laughs> yeah, you, you took literally you, the week that I left. I was going to say, you, hit the fan. you took your oldest too, right? Yeah, I took my, my son. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll get into that. But, but yeah, so like just, just being able to, to get up and go and, you know, Europe's incredible. Like if, if anyone's ever been, like you, you can jump on a train and be in a different culture completely, like right. within an hour. Yeah, and, uh, it was shocking when I went there and just kind of thinking about how, oh, I can be in Paris in just a few hours. And it's yeah. like, this right. is crazy. <laughs> yeah, the, topo- the language is different, the topography is different. The United States is, was, the foundation of the United States was was genius because this is, if we're being honest, this is uh, a continent, right? right? And each state is really a country. Yes. I mean, you know, so... You know, South Carolina's pop is completely different to like Virginia or West Virginia, or you know. So, um, it. I mean, it's called the United States for a reason. Is that to develop the largest country, one single country? And I think one day we'll unfortunately we'll move away from that. Well, well, not completely. Unfortunately, when you think about like California and stuff, but right. Um, you know, so I mean, it's just for me like that. You have that here, um, and, and it's it. We don't think of it that way, but. We really do have that here. Like, yeah. you know, Tennessee is, I absolutely love Tennessee. Oh yeah. It's a beautiful place. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, so that's, that's kind of where we're at. We, we took a big risk and, um, you know, we did it probably at the worst time. Um, but <laughs> you know, you can't, things happen. You can't, you can't change that. So, um, well, yeah, yeah so, we can't predict the future. We don't know what's going to hit us one minute to the next. And right, up until right. this point, like it, like sicknesses have happened in the world you know the plagues and the the spanish flu and different things of that nature and we've dealt with those things and i know ebola was the big scare there for a while but this is the one that's kind of put everybody in a gridlock to yeah to you know, yeah. make a difference well, despite despite kind of what you and i told you i wanted to talk about this because <laughs> gosh i mean i'm I, i'm i like borderline 
I don't know how to explain this. I always try to explain this to my friends. Like, I am like a very socially liberal Republican, if that makes sense, right? <laughs> it does to me. So, yeah. So I used to be very um, much more on like the, the Democratic um, uh, Labour side of thinking, because right? yeah. that's how I was raised. Right. Um, always believed there was a greater power. Right, because yeah. it just makes sense. Like, it doesn't matter how much science you tried to tell me. I, I'm, I'm still going to ask the question: What made that? Or what started that? Or what? And there's just no answer for those things. I mean, it's, it's right. all theory when it gets to that point. Yeah. So for me, th- this is a beautiful concept by a greater power. You know, who you think that is? That's that's up to you. Like, right. socially, I'm pretty liberal. Like, you know, I I I don't care what people do as long as they're not hurting people or trying to enforce things on people. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't really care if people attack me for what I believe. You know, right. I mean, like that, it doesn't phase me yeah. whatsoever. You having an opinion doesn't change my day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I, I, I won't say I'm argumentative. I'm, I'm, I'm strong opinion. I have a strong opinion. Yeah. Right. And I love to try and convince people. Knowingly, I don't always win. Yeah. Um, but for me, like, it's difficult because half of my social media following is back home in the UK. Right. And <laughs> the majority of those folks are Labour and Democratic, right? Yeah. So, you know, they absolutely hate Trump. Yeah. Um, you know, not that I'm like a huge Trump fan, but right. I mean, you know, I see more positive in him than they do, certainly. You yeah. know, I see the I see the efforts that he's making. Um and, uh, you know, I also see the alternative. Yeah. And that's, that's the big thing for me is, is when you've got Trump versus, you know, Hillary Clinton. Right. Sorry if anyone, sorry if anyone listening is a Hillary Clinton fan, but Not really. I just can't I d- even I don't know to... that we, I don't know that we have a lot, but, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. that's, I mean, it, so, you know, it is different, uh, just in being in Kentucky and living in different parts of Kentucky. I know to say Democrat and Republican is very, uh, definite definition now but yes. growing through the years and even my grandparents and stuff like that different well, parts of switched, right? yeah it used to mean something different because yeah. like Breathitt county kentucky where, where i went to bible college for a time it was it's all democratic like it's yeah. a democratic county and but it's all now i would say if you went there and asked somebody unless they were just hanging on to that old school way they would say they're republican by the yeah. standards of what a republican is now and, yeah. it, and it's like, I, I wish we could get rid of the two system party. Like oh, that's, that's my huge. whole, it, it's ridiculous to me that, that they can come up with two people and be like, well, this is who you guys picked. And it's like, no, we didn't pick these two people. Exactly. <laughs> it, like, I'm pretty sure you guys picked these two people to say, okay, it's one or it's this one or that one. And it's like, I yeah. don't want either one of these. Can we do have a do over? And yeah. Yeah. And that's why I tr- tend not to get into politics. I'm not very argumentative. I can have a little fight, but when people start getting riled up, I like to calm things down. So I don't generally, yeah, yeah. I don't generally get into it too much. I have my opinions, but right, right. I I, I like people being happy and uh, and laughing more than I like to state my opinion. Now, my yeah. wife, on the other hand, she will give you a run for your money. She <laughs> right. Yeah. But she's much no, like you. She's she's got I, that strong opinion, so I think for me, like, um I just had this conversation with a friend uh on social media and, and also my grandfather is a very smart man, uh business it was a business owner and um, you know, retired now, very labor centric. Um yeah. 
I used to work for him at a renewable energy company. So I'm, I'm that, that's what I mean. Like you can't, you can't box people in. Right. So like for me, like I am a fiscally, uh, you know, financially conservative individual. Yeah. Right. I believe in focusing on America first because that's where I'm, that's the country I'm paying taxes in. Yeah. Right. I think that there's a lot of, um, uh, pressure on like looking at other countries and governments first when really we should just say let them figure that out let's figure ourselves out first and then we can help them yeah, yeah but other than that like you know like i i believe in uh the right to bear arms and protect yourself i think that we should probably look at some areas of that that may need to be tweaked but for the most part i think that if you're a sensible gun owner and you can sensibly keep your weapon away from children and you know not you know go out and buy bump stocks and stuff like that i think i think that for the most part you know that's fine that's fair enough right when i first came here though i thought to myself my gosh like why do we need but you can't here's the thing you can't you can't take all the guns away from americans right so right that's a whole argument in itself yeah it um, it was kind of what we're based on when it started off not so much having an ar-15 or the definition of what an ar-15 is not really being a ar-15 i don't know there's a whole other gamut there. yeah um yeah. but yeah yeah i'm all for having some guns i'm all for that kind of stuff but i could see how coming from england that would be a bit of a a shake-up <laughs> yeah well yeah but the thing is the, the thing is so per capita you know there are probably more deaths here um you know from from guns due to violent crimes in england but people will find a way to kill someone if they're an idiot yeah. you know what i mean or a nutcase well there yeah, even just even just today, there was the the issue of uh, a woman shooting two McDonald's workers, I believe, because she wanted oh, to dine in, and they were trying to explain to her why she couldn't eat in the restaurant, and she shot him. Uh, I don't know that she killed him. I don't know the full information. That's just a story that's been floating today. Um, and then there was another guy uh, who, what was it, shot a man because they were at a Dollar General store in, in oh. Illinois, or it was Indiana or Illinois, maybe. That they weren't, or no, it was Michigan. They weren't allowed to be out without a mask. The security guard was like, hey, you have to wear a mask or not be in the store, blah, blah, blah. Somebody came over, shot him, killed him. Wow. And so then you have that side of the gamut of if someone wants to be crazy and somebody wants to, well, and there's really high tensions right now. They're super, super crazy stuff like that. People not having work, people not having money to pay their debts and then getting more debt, trying to provide for a family without having income. that's what the um, that's what the uh, check, the stimulus check was about. You know, I have a lot of friends saying, "Oh, that's just, you know, it's funny that you're a Republican and you'll accept a socialist check." And I'm like, "That's not socialism. That's Keynesianism, right?" <laughs> and like, they're like, "I don't know what Keynesianism is." So I was like, "Well, look it up." <laughs> you know, you're essentially saying we don't want people to go nuts and start rioting, right? Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna just give them a little bone, right? Yeah. That's what that is. It's, yeah. it's, you know, and that's not socialism. That's what I, I have one of the biggest problems, you know, talking to people about, you know, because I said to somebody the other day was like, oh, you know, you know, for somebody that's pretty Republican now, it's funny that you're accepting a socialist check. And I was like, I said, well, it's just as funny that I'm accepting it and you're accepting a check signed by Trump. <laughs> that, that was the bigger part I always heard was like, oh, yeah, did you, did you sign off on that Trump check you got? You know, just like yeah. the Republican in fighting against it. Which I just thought was silly either way. The the, right. the biggest part I have a problem with as far as uh, government assistance, like we're, we're a part of government assistance. We need that here. We need food stamps. We need the whole system that's been set in place. 
But the thing that I see growing up in eastern Kentucky, uh, the president at the time, uh, Johnson, came into Inez, Kentucky. Yeah, Lyndon B. Johnson, I read about that. Yeah, he sat on the front porch and he said, we're going to fight the war on poverty. And all I've seen is that it's destroyed the community that I grew up in. Yeah, they raped them and, and, you know, pillaged um, the mountains of Kentucky and West Virginia and yeah. made, it a, made it a showcase. Yeah, I, I, there was a book about that, and, and my wife really drew attention to it. And yeah, yeah that's true. I mean, that's what I see when I see government talking about wanting to give more money to the people, wanting to do this. And I'm like, aren't we trillions of dollars in debt? Why yeah. are we making money and giving it out to people when we can't even... But I guess that's that whole snowball mentality of thinking of trying to take care of my own debt and trying to take care of my own business that I'm looking at the bigger picture and being like, shouldn't we be taking care of that? Maybe cutting the fat here and there so that we're not just giving our tax money and then being like, oh, we're going to print off however many billions of dollars or trillions of dollars and just give it out to everybody. It's like, yeah. is there any social stance for that money right now? Like, <laughs> right. Right. Well, so, so, the, so the thing I, here's the thing about like this, like, and this is like a universal problem. It's not just an American problem. Right. Um, and that, that's like one of the things that I feel like when I'm in these, you know, kind of conversations, I can bring that, that portion to it. Like this is a universal issue. Like these kind of government aids, they're not designed to be permanent. They're designed to be temporary. Yeah. Right. Unemployment. That's temporary. Yeah. Like I, I came here at the age of just turned 18. Right. Nothing with me. Yeah. Nothing. Nobody knew me, <laughs> you know, just me on my own. Right. Yeah. I went to, I got a scholarship. I worked like three or four jobs, some, you know, some through the college, some even just like cutting hair for people and just just <laughs> just ridiculous things that you can do in college just yeah. to make you know cash to go get some Tupper bell or whatever you know yeah uh, but here's here's the thing like I, I it didn't come easy i worked hard right to get through to get through college and to stick around yeah and like at, at no point in my life am i too good or too big to take any job that's available right and there's always jobs available right so so like that, that's where we're at. Like, you know, do we have more than what we need? Yes, we do. So let's get rid of some of the stuff we don't need. Okay. Yeah. You Like, you can't say you're broke and have an iPhone. Right. That's not broke. <laughs> right? Yeah. You we... should not be allowed to get government aid yeah. if you have internet right. or TV at home. No, that's not broke, right? Yeah, like, because... it's like we've well... moved away from the realities of of what government aid should be. And I, and I really saw this when I sold... I used to sell vehicles yeah. for an unnamed company in your area when I lived out there for four years. Yeah. And um, we we specialized in subprime credit. And the things that I would see, yeah, just you know, you know, the drug abuse and right. the the mentality of like I don't need to work because if I don't work, I actually make more than if I do work. Yeah. Yeah, and I can still get all these perks. There's all those catches that you figure out the system, and it's like, oh, I can work over the system and get away with it and be perfectly fine? Okay. Right, and of course, you've got one party that votes for that heavily. Yeah. And then one, one party that says, I want deregulation. Yeah. So if you're in that situation, which a large portion of this country, unfortunately, is, who are you voting for? Yeah. You know, you're not going to vote for the the folks that are saying it's all about how hard you work and that kind of thing, you know? Um, and I really do believe like, I still believe in the American dream. 
Yeah. Right? I'm, I'm very, by the way, I love England, right? <laughs> I'm English. I was there for 18 years, right. right? I am all about England. There's things about it that don't make sense, but I am all about England. But I am probably more pro-America than most of my American friends. And that's sad. Yeah. Like, I, like when people say stuff like, oh, you know, like, uh, even when Obama was in power, this isn't just about Trump, but like, well, they're not my president. Like, I'm just going to leave if that person gets it. Then leave. <laughs> go to Sierra Leone. Go to, you know, go to some of these countries that you've never even been to that you don't even know what their governments are doing. Right. This is a beautiful country that we that we live in. Yeah. I mean, the fact that we can even sit here right now and have a conversation without fear of, like, military folks freaking kicking down the door. Right. <laughs> Whooping our ass. And, and saying know. what we want to say and not having to worry about being governed and things of yeah. that nature, which some people are through different platforms when it comes to social media. But in this aspect, right. that's another part that I love about doing podcasting is that you can just be you without having yeah. to put on that fake facade. You don't have to, you don't have to church it up. <laughs> you can yeah. just, you can just be who you want to be. And if it hurts somebody's feelings, it's going to hurt somebody's feelings. If it doesn't, then you might make a new friend out of it. You never know. Yeah. But, right. but yeah, yeah. I, I feel what you're saying and, and growing up in this and being so privileged and I'm not saying privileged as in just being white privilege or anything like that, right. but being privileged to live in America and have all of the, the freedoms that we do have, it can, I mean, you can get adjusted to it so well that you think you're entitled to a lot more than you are when really it's yeah. hard work that if you put in that hard work, you can get that dream. And so many people now don't have a dream. Right. And, right. and so it's easy just to sit here and be a couch potato and with internet as vast as it is now, play video games all day or, but even at that, you can still make money there. I don't know. There's a whole, like I said, yeah. whole. I can't remember the last time I played a video game, but I'm so jealous. <laughs> oh man, you work so much though. You're, you're ta see, I'm the stay at home. I, I flip the roles. I... <laughs> yeah. Why wouldn't you? Right. I right. Mean, I would, if, if my wife was, uh, you know, making a fortune and killing it, I would, uh, we've had that discussion. I mean, <laughs> 10 years ago, I may have said I wouldn't have done it, but now I, I definitely would. I never would have expected to be in the position I'm in, I'll tell you. <laughs> but the biggest priority is, is the kids, right? Yeah. That's the priority. Yeah, Somebody's got to be with them and health and childcare is so expensive. And yeah. That's what it came down yeah. to for us. It would, it was going to take, cause I had kind of a crap job and it was going to take all of my check just to have childcare for our children for me to keep working. And I was like, I'm not that invested in my job. <laughs> that we need to do yeah. that so right. yeah, yeah. No, we, we um we've been fortunate enough so um without naming any company names or anything so i, I work in uh this is probably the other reason why i've i've developed the feelings i i feel but i so i work in investments um for a large financial institution and um it's it's blessed us with the opportunity for me to work and my wife to stay home with our two kids right. i have a four-year-old and a, and a and a one-year-old um and um you know that to be able to do that and and to still i mean we you know we have our moments where we're, we're struggling of course like you know we're in our 30s yeah but like to be able to do that um really so easily right in this country and that's that's where i have a problem you know like um i i believe in like certain um you know uh areas of inequality for sure. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, um, I have a lot of, uh, friends here that are, um, 
Mexican and African-American. And, you know, we chat about those things and there are stigmas that for sure play into like um, their abilities. Yeah. But I, I still believe like if you sort of, you know, there's two, there's two routes you can take. You can sort of take the defeative route or you can just, you know, say, you know what, I'm going to make what I, what I want of who I am basically. Yeah. That's, that's where I'm at. You know, I, I seriously, I, it sounds crazy and people say, oh yeah, but you're a, you know, chatty, smart kid, like, you know, athletic, whatever. But I came here with nothing. Right. right. And with a lot of bad choices and, <laughs> you know, no guidance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, I just, I essentially just worked hard. Right. And, um, you know, uh, that, that for me, like just taking it, that it, for me, it was just about like a sense of pride. I work yeah. hard and, um, America is like the last, I feel like America is like the last country to have that. Right. Does that makes sense. Like, I really do feel like we're the last country to, have, and there's such a hard push mm-hmm. to get away from it. Like, yeah. and, and uh, if you go to other countries, like, yeah, there's like people that are successful and stuff, but there's so many people that rely on other people's yeah. hard work. And, right. and you know, I, I'm never going to be that person. I don't care. I, I could be in a wheelchair, Josh. I'm still going to try to work. <laughs> You know, I understand. Yeah, that that was like my grandpa before he uh, was bedfast and things, and he would get out and cut the grass, and I would have family members be like, "Why aren't you over there cutting the grass for him?" And he's like, "No," I was like, "He won't let me." Yeah, right. <laughs> like he's like, "No." That as soon as I stop doing stuff, that'll be yeah. the end of me. And he ended up hurting his leg or something like that, and ended up becoming bedfast and dementia kicked yeah. in and stuff. And he was honest, like he could outwork any of us grandkids, like he could work circles around us. I, I, I envy the fact that I never had that passion that way. Uh, I, I feel like I've learned I'm a jack of all trades kind of deal and, yeah. and I can, I can put up drywall. I can put up studs to make a room. I can, uh, I can gut a deer. I can <laughs> skin a squirrel. Oh, I can't do that. I want to go hunting this year. By the way. There this, you this, go. That's, that's on my to-do and see and there's so many things that i've learned how to do that i don't generally do now i don't keep it in practice but i do know how to do these things and so i take pride in the fact that i'm i'm resourceful enough that if something needs done i can do it um but but other than that i guess i fall into that place that you're even talking about of I'm just not out there. And it might be the fact we've got the two toddlers that I'm solely in charge of. That's a huge focus, right? <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I, anytime I get Dude, downtime. There's lives that you have to, like, just every day, like, they're still alive. Okay, I've done yeah. my job. Yeah, like, if one disappears. I know, I that. Like, I, I have so much respect for anyone that stays at home, especially during this COVID. Like, I'm, I'm home working all day, and, like, I see what my wife goes through all day. Yeah. And I love my son to pieces, but man, he's a pain in the butt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's me as a he's me reincarnating. <laughs> Freaking Damien, a four year old Damien running around the omen. Uh, so you're just you're getting paid back for your your life of uh, mischievousness. <laughs> yeah, but when you have kids like this, like that, that should be your focus. Yeah, and and, and um, I hope we do a big swing, Rocker. I hope. You know, I, I, I somewhat blame the boomers. You know, I love my mother-in-law to death. Um, <laughs> and you know, you know, Bob, she's yeah. just a wonderful woman. Right. Um, and, um, you know, but we've had conversations, you know, I, and I love my wife, but my wife was the youngest of three girls. Yep. And, um, you know, she, well, she's the baby, right. you know? So when we got married, she just did not 
she'll tell you. She just did not have a clue. Like, how to... I gotta tell you this too. So one time, um, <laughs> this is funny. So we're eating. She's in. Uh, she's living in Columbus at this point, and uh, I'm still in school. She's a little bit older than me, and she's like, "I'm, I'm gonna make dinner tonight. If you want to come over." I was like, "Yeah, sure, come over for dinner." I'm sitting there, and it was like chili or spaghetti or something. And I was like, "Man, this is really good. Like, I'm really impressed." Like, yeah. It's pre-marriage, so I'm, yeah. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, okay, chalk her up as a good housewife, a good yeah. chef. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, and you know she's sitting there, you know, taking all the compliments, you know. And then I'm, I'm like, yeah, this is really, I'm really impressed with you. I never knew you could cook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, you sit down, I'll do the dishes. So we're doing, I'm doing the dishes, and I, and I got to put something in the fridge. I find a little tub, and it says, "Chili for Rachel." <laughs> Love, Mum. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? You took, the- <laughs> you sat there. Yeah. You know, took all of the compliments. And didn't, <laughs> That's Rachel, by the way, to, to the tip. Like, didn't didn't you know. bother to try to hide the container at all. No. And I, I, oh, she, she just started laughing. I mean, luckily she didn't try to keep it up. But, you know, but like the, the thing I'm saying is like, like I, like I blame the baby boomer generation for this, like sort of pampering us, right? Yeah. Uh, my my mum and dad were not that way. Right. Like, um, my, my dad. Uh, you know, I was lucky. My dad's a, a stonemason. You know, um, real. Uh, he's a little guy, but he's he, what, what do they say? He's he's wiry. Wiry. He's wiry. <laughs> and he's just a tough guy. Yeah. Um, you know, and he was he was hard on me. Like, but he's also my best friend now. Right. You know what I mean? I tell him everything. I always have done. Yeah. My mum was a teacher, and um, you know, she instilled education on me like challenge what people tell you yeah you know think for yourself work hard you know those kind of things. so i've always had that and um you know my my mum actually has a kid now and it's very different how she parents him now to how she parents you know i he acts up I, i'll say to my mum what just tan his backside <laughs> i'll go get a cane and she's just like no i would never do it. are you kidding me yeah I've still got scars, man. <laughs> scars yeah, on my thumb. <laughs> my, my my brother's ten years older than I am, and he got a lot more beatings than I ever did. Yeah, uh, yeah. But We've just gradually gone to this uh, this kind of like soft parenting. Like, yeah. um, you know, I, I'm um, I, I'm tough on my son just because I want the best for him. Yeah, I don't care if he's good at anything. He could be unathletic. He could be terrible at math or whatever. My thing is, he's got to try. Yeah. And the quit, the quit attitude is like that for me is just like it's not on know. the table. Yeah. And and you know we're all uh, you know you go on social media now and it's just like, but just make sure that your kid knows how you. It, it's nice, right? The sentiment is lovely. Yeah. But the reality is, those memes and those little comments from like the Tooferi and whatever who's ever writing them, <laughs> they're not the people that's going to be paying my son. You know, to provide for his family. Yeah, and, and that's where I'm. I, that's where I'm at. Like I, yeah. I'm kind of old school. I, I see all the I see all the younger couples and stuff like that. Now we got married when I was thirty, so about yeah. what you are now, and so we've been you know gradually going through our marriage. We'll be up on this July five years of marriage, two kids, yeah. uh, nice. a dog, and all that. But I see the generations that are younger, basically raising kids like I'm raising kids now in their early twenties, mid twenties. And I see this and they're like, Oh, you should do this for your kids. And you should, 
you know, you shouldn't hit them. It showed in a study that that's not good for them, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, you shouldn't in anger hit your kid. But <laughs> like, right. sometimes they need a lat tap every once in a while yeah, to I remind think it's them. Like the, it's, you know, you should never enjoy it. Right. right. You should never enjoy punishing your kid. Like, yeah. it's, it's, the, it's the worst thing in the world. Like, but the alternative, like, like for, for me, like Ollie, you know, he got a tap when he was playing with the electric plug. Yeah. The alternative was a, you know, voltage. Yeah. <laughs> A voltage shock to knock him on the floor as opposed to me spanking his butt. Right, yeah. right. And I still have memories of like my experiences with my dad. And, uh, you know, um, hey, my family just walked in, yeah. by the way. <laughs> hey, hey, how's it going? We're, we're, on a po- we're on a podcast. Dad? I'm talking all about you. Who's his name? <laughs> this is Josh. Hey, buddy, how's I'm it going? Hey, say hi to all of Josh's viewers and listeners. <laughs> he sees that once he heard there's listeners, right? All right, give me a, Come on, Ollie. Give me a few minutes back. My son is showing me my his butt right now. What oh. do you have on your butt? Uh, you got a you got a bandaid on your butt. Oh, okay, that'll happen. Yeah, that all got caught on, uh, on the podcast. There you go. <laughs> Showing me a band-aid on his butt. That wasn't from me. We were talking about corporal punishment, by the way. That was that was good timing, right? Right. An absolute tanning. No, I don't know what he did. I'll figure that out later. No, yeah, but that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I just, I think, like, like our. It's funny how when you have kids, the goal in life shifts heavily to. Okay, now I've got to focus on these new lives. Right. Yeah. How do I prepare them for this craziness, right? Because the world's going to get crazier. Yeah. Yeah. Unless there's some kind of revolution that's about to happen, which I I wouldn't be surprised. Something like that could happen. Uh, My wife, being the infectious disease doc, she knows that she's like, it's this is going to be something we're going to deal with for a long time. It's not just going to be like, hey, everything's good in July. We can go shaking hands again. Like, no, it's going to be different now. Like, yeah. Until unless we come up with this miracle cure, like things are going to be different now. And right. And like you said, there's so many people uprising right now, feeling like their rights are being taken away by saying, and I feel like that's something too, is where when it's saying, hey, you have to wear a mask if you're in public. And they're like, you're not telling me what I have to do. Like, I was all about wearing a mask until you said I had to do it. And it's like, no, come on. Like, (laughs) Yeah, I'm not so much more on the, on the. all right, so yeah, let's get into this COVID actually, because this is a big one for me. Left you on a bit of a cliffhanger there, huh? Hey, if you want to hear what Dexter has to say about COVID and a few other things going on in his life, be sure to tune in next week for part two. Thanks for listening.